God we serve. Quick announcement. There is an extra room ladies conference. So if you weren't able to go because of lack of room, rather than counseling the room, we wanted to give an opportunity for some ladies to say, uh, yes, I would like to go. I believe Sister Mary is who they see. So see Sister Mary if you would uh, like to do that. As you turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse number 17, I do want to say, first of all, to all of our guests, God bless you. Thank you for being with us today, joining us on our midweek service, a time of uh, study in the word of the Lord. We invite you to come and be back with us on Sunday. Our children's ministry begins at 10 o'clock as well as adult Sunday school. And then the main service is at 11 a.m. right here in the auditorium. We'd love to have you. I want to say thank you to this uh, wonderful congregation, you great people, uh, for blessing uh, Sister Faulkner. Didn't she do a good job? What a great job she did. Uh, Dr. Faulkner is a uh, family practitioner that is donating her time and talents uh, to the country of Haiti. And uh, y'all blessed her. You came, you gave, and uh, in fact, uh, you gave a seed offering of $1,700 uh, to <laughs> Sister Faulkner. Amen. And they help her travels. It'll help with purchasing of medical uh, supplies, etc. cetera. Uh, we've taken her on uh, in uh, several PIMs on a monthly basis. So I'm so very thankful for that. Thank you for allowing me to be with uh, Brother and Sister Meehan Sunday. Uh, I saw the service on um, Facebook. Is that what it is? Is that what y'all do? Facebook. And I was someone looked it up for me. And anyway, I watched it, and um, it was uh, awesome. What a what an altar call. Uh, what a great presentation. And we had a wonderful time with Brother and Sister Meehan. Sister Meehan was raised in this church. Uh, she married a young man. They now pastor about an hour north. The home missions work. They are doing fantastic. And we just had a great move of God Friday night as well as Sunday. Uh, and just thank you for allowing Pastor uh, to do that uh, and to be there. We appreciate it. I don't know about you, but I have been feeling a great impact from our fasting and prayer. Uh, just the move of God in our services. It seems like when we come together, you almost have to be careful not to praise him because if we start praising him, it just kind of explodes. We don't ever get it back under control. So I got to go, whoa, hold on, hold on. We're trying to preach. No. <laughs> oh, God's so good. Uh, the Lord has just uh, been moving so powerfully. And uh, we're so thankful for everyone receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and the baptisms and just the wonderful things that the Lord is doing. Book of Matthew, chapter 5, verse number 17 is where we will begin. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am come not, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be 
fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no wise, in no case, enter into the kingdom of heaven. Lord, we thank you for your word. It's powerful and true. We ask God that you open our minds to understand, our ears to hear, our heart to receive. Help us to leave here today with just a little bit better comprehension of this incredible, powerful message that you taught while you were here on earth that we call the Sermon on the Mount. Lead us and guide us. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. And everybody say amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. As you know, we have been teaching on the Sermon of the Mount for several months. We have been on a wonderful journey in the Word of God. Sermon on the Mount starts out, as we know, with the Lord Jesus talking about what puts us in a position to be blessed. One of my favorite, I guess, is blessed are the poor in spirit. We learn that that word there, poor, simply means one who depends on another for everything. Jesus said, blessed is everybody who depends on me for everything. I know we think we live that way. But we examined ourselves. And I believe that we all know and understand that to truly get to that place, we are on a journey. And we must continue to truly trust in the Lord for everything. So we learned how that we are blessed. And then we learned how we are to be the blesser. He ends the blessing there with blessed are those that are persecuted. We studied and taught about that. He goes from that into ye are the salt of the earth. What a revelation we received. Understanding what it really means to be the salt of the earth. We looked at the characteristics of salt, but we studied that the main factor in the time of Jesus. And if you study all three of the uh, all three of the perceptions of this Sermon of the Mount from, from the Gospels. You will learn that the Lord ties this statement that ye are the salt of the earth. He ties it into the sacrifice. He said that no sacrifice is given without salt. And then he looks at us and he says, you are the salt of the earth. 
And so God revealed to us through his word that we are the salt. The church is the salt of the greatest sacrifice that has ever been given. And that is Calvary. Remember, Jesus was called the Lamb of God. But God didn't need a lamb. He's never sinned. He doesn't need a sacrifice. Nobody has to shed their blood for him. He's perfect in all things. And that's why John tells us, for God so loved the world that he... You see, the world could have never provided their own sacrifice. No matter how hard we would have tried, how perfect we could have lived, we would have never reached the place where we could have presented a sacrifice to him, which would have been perfect and unscarred and unmarked without blemish. So God gave his own sacrifice. He gave that sacrifice to the world. But the world cannot present that sacrifice without salt. You see, no man is saved without a man. Repeat that. No man is saved without a man. The Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? How can you be saved unless someone shares this powerful gospel to you? Everybody in this room tonight and everyone that will gather Sunday morning, somebody shared this gospel to you. We are the salt upon that sacrifice. We are the enduring factor of Calvary. The fact that 2,000 years later, Calvary is still redeeming, still delivering, still saving, still healing. The church is the proof that Calvary is still in full force and power. Let's clap our hands to the Lord and give God praise. Then we learn that not only are we the salt, but we are the light. I encourage you, if you've missed any of these in the series, to go to the website and listen to them on the podcast. You'll need to follow through. And so last Wednesday night, we learned about being the light of the world. I thought that it was very unique, but certainly not a coincidence, that as Jesus Christ continues this Sermon of the Mount, as he makes his way through how we are blessed, and how we bless others, and how we stand in time of persecution, and how that we are the salt and the light of this world, that then he makes his way in verse number 17, he, it's like he sort of interrupts the message, but he's not really interrupting anything. He had laid a foundation to say what he is about to say right here. In fact, nearly a third of the Sermon on the Mount, as he continues from verse 17 all the way through the rest of chapter 5, he begins to deal with the law and the covenant. 
He said, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, until heaven and earth are passed, not one jot or tittle in no wise from the law. It shall all be fulfilled, he says. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so. Notice the words. And shall teach men so. And so God spent 16 verses telling you that you are blessed. Wherever you find yourself, you are blessed. Even in the middle of persecution, you are blessed. But then he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are the church. You're the one that's going to bring this redeeming gospel to men. And after he laid that foundation, he stops and says, however, let me make something clear to the church. You cannot arbitrarily decide how you are going to interpret my words. I have a way, a truth, and a path. I have a light, and I am that light. And you must deliver this truth the way that I give it to you. And if you ever find yourself speaking my words and presenting them in such a way that men feel comfortable disobeying my commandments, then, my friend, will my wrath come because this gospel is the only hope that men has and the church is the only avenue the gospel will be delivered. We must make sure we are that salt and we are that light. Will you love him for a moment? He begins to deal with the handling of his word and his commandments. Let pastor talk to us for a few minutes tonight. He tells us we are blessed. He tells us we're to bless the world. He tells us we are to represent to the world the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are the salt and the light thereof. And that it is through us that people will see our good works and glory fire the Father that is in heaven. He wants you and I to know it matters how we present him to the world. The problem with the religious world that we live in, and I know pastor deals with this a lot, but I'm trying to get us to comprehend and to understand the value and how important it is that we remain in the book that we stay with the commandments of God. No matter what the sacrifice is, we cannot bend. We cannot yield. We cannot compromise. The church.
church is the only hope. A compromised gospel is no gospel at all. He wants us to know it matters how we present him to the world. Luke's version of the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 39. And I'm sorry, Sister Don, I had it. I just got sent it. The word of the Lord says, and he spake a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both? Fall into the ditch. This verse in Luke's version of the Sermon of the Mount is connected to the text that I read to you here tonight. And it's God's way of saying, if you let yourself be blinded to the gospel and you try to lead others, you will both fall in the ditch. Somebody help the preacher tonight while living in a world, while living in a generation that has gone away from God and religion that's tried to make everything complacent and easy for men to tickle their ears and to make them feel comfortable in their sin. There's got to be a voice in West Palm Beach. There's got to be a church that stands for what is truth what is right and not yield come on come on come on he's worthy we cannot just read and and say well you know this is what I think this means who cares what you think who cares what I think? I got news for you. Besides the book of Revelation, the New Testament doesn't need your interpretation. Now, I realize there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament, the foreheads and, the, and all that junk and the, and the metal legs, and, the, and you, know, you know what I'm talking about. We, 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 we apply all kinds of stuff on it. We're, we're like the scientists. One day we think the ice is melting, and the next day we think we're in an ice age. When you start trying to figure all that junk out, you become so confused. But the, but the New Testament does not need your interpretation. It means exactly what it says. Exactly what it says. I don't want to get too, I, I got a long ways to go, and I don't want to get too distracted, but I remember I was listening one time, quite a few years ago, so it was probably a cassette, maybe an 8-track, I don't know, but anyway, and I was listening to this preacher in this, he was a world-renowned, he isn't anymore, he's fallen, but he was a world-renowned uh, preacher, and uh, he had a panel, and uh, you know, they didn't believe in baptizing in the name of Jesus, and and so uh, they, the panel would ask him questions, and they would go back and forth. And I was listening to this, and, and they said, uh, so one of the men on the panel, they said, uh, uh, Brother so-and-so, uh, now you and I know that 
you know, baptism is only an outward show of, a, of an inward confession. Find that in the book. Yeah, find that in the book. We could stop there, but we won't. He said, so, you know, really, if someone wants to be baptized, you know, in Jesus' name, uh, it really doesn't matter because, well, you know, because baptism doesn't matter at all. And uh, he said, well, you know, they're just so confused because when you read Acts 2.38, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He says, well, you know, that isn't what it really means. I, I beg your pardon, but uh, uh, who gave you the authority to decide what that verse means? Why don't you just take it and compare it to every other baptism in the Bible and find out that that's exactly what it meant. To baptize in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Pentecostals of the Palm Beaches, I'm going to get to how to present the gospel in a moment. But I'm here to tell you, we cannot let this gospel become contaminated. It is the unadulterated power and word of God, and we must hold on to it. It's what Jesus said. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. I'm putting a gospel into your hands, and I am telling you that if you start teaching this gospel in such a way that men are comfortable with disobeying my commandments or living in sin, you are the least of the kingdom. Someone says, well, at least I'm still in the kingdom. I'm not so sure that's what that means. Because later on, later on we find out uh, it don't mean that. Okay, I, I got to get back to what I typed up here. If the world is going to be delivered from sin... And set free from the bondage of themselves. They must be presented the pure and true word of God. It cannot be compromised. The righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. It was self-righteousness. It was a self-interpretation. Jesus goes on to say in, in this uh, reading of text and scripture that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, right? Their righteousness was a self-righteousness. Even to the point where God tells us in another place that they would create laws and rules and regulations and put them on the people and they themselves would not keep them. Then he continues in this vein. Jesus, if I can say it this way, had a, a little bit of a quandary on his hands, a, a dilemma, although I, I doubt God has a dilemma. Well, I don't know. I look at some of you and think, yes, actually he does. 
I'm his crisis, you're his dilemma. <laughs> so the Lord mentions this about the scribes and the Pharisees, and, and then he, he continues on in his word, and this is what he's doing. He begins to reach into the Mosaic law, and he begins to pull out portions of the law, and he was trying to show the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the people how you have applied and interpreted this law to benefit you. Then he also tried to get them to understand and to bring in the transition of the old covenant into the new so that they could understand what he was really trying to teach them back in the old covenant. He says, you say, thou shalt not kill. But I say, you better not be angry with your brother. Huh? Without a cause. I'm glad he put that in there. Without a cause. That's how most of you justify yourselves, right? Isn't that right? You tell yourself that you're the one with the cause. And the brother you're mad at said hits out saying he's the one with the cause. Y'all both better calls up and repent to one another. Thank you. Thou shalt not kill, but he says... I say to you, don't be angry with your brother without a cause. Don't, don't call him Raka, which means worthless. Don't tell your brother he's worthless. I'm, I'm about to die for him on Calvary. Don't tell me. Don't you tell him he's worthless. He's worth my blood. He's worth my death on the cross. He's worth my pain. He's worth my sacrifice. He's worth as much to me as you are. Don't tell him as a fool. Tell him that he doesn't believe in God. So you, he said, he didn't begin to talk about uh, the gift that you bring to the altar. And I wish I had four hours. We'd talk about this. You, you make your way. He says, you make your way to the altar. And you want to you wanna present this beautiful gift to your God. And whether it's a gift of praise or, you know, whatever it is. Oh, Lord, I love you. I praise you. I adore you. And he says, yet you have ought against your brother. He said, don't come to my altar and praise my name when you hate your brother. He said, leave your praise at the altar. Just lay it down and go get right with your brother. And then you can come praise me. Yeah. Now, you just thought your pastor was tough. Get in the book. Find out how tough it is. Don't come praise me when you have trouble with your brother. He said, you cannot say you love God who you cannot see, and you don't love your brother who you can see. Now, that's Jesus. So, <laughs> he begins to tear this thing apart a little bit. Stay with me. He says, agree with thine adversary quickly. All right, he goes on. He says, you say don't commit adultery. I say quit looking at the woman. You say, well, we can, we can put away our wives. I say, no, you can't, except for fornication. 
I wonder why he gave that commandment after he gave the commandment that said, you say don't commit adultery. I say that you've committed adultery because it's in your heart. Then you want to turn around and put away your wife or your husband because he messed up. God just told you what? You think you've never messed up? Okay, all right, all right, all right. I felt it. I'll just let you go home and chew on it a little while. When they ask you to do something, don't complain about it. Don't go one mile. Say, sir, how far are you going? Pick the other bag up and go another mile. Now, what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about how to deliver this gospel. He's talking about how to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. It's more than just screaming, repent, you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know pastor believes that. We believe that. But Jesus is talking about how to carry this gospel to a world that is lost and dying. He said they're full of adulterers out there. Don't you go out there and condemn them. Don't you go look down on them. I'm telling you, if you ever lusted on a woman in your heart, you are an adulterer. So don't go condemn them about it. Bring them my love and my grace and bring them my goodness. And if they ask you to do something, don't just do it. They ask, go the extra mile. And if they slap you on the cheek, don't raise your fist. Turn the face. Let them hit the other. Why? Because you're bringing the only thing that can save them. You're carrying the only thing that can redeem them. And if you act like them, they'll never receive it. If you walk like them, they'll never receive it. If you talk like them, they'll never receive it. If when you are reviled again, you revile back, they'll never listen to you. They'll never serve your God. They'll never pay attention to who and what God's done for you. We must learn how to carry this gospel. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes. Now, You can't exceed anything until you first equal it. So he was not saying what the scribes and the Pharisees teach and how they live is wrong. He said, but if you're going to carry this gospel, you've got to go beyond that. You can't walk around in your self-righteousness. You can't dress right, walk right, talk white, spit white. That's the way that you say in the olden days, you know, when everybody dipped. I tried dipping one time. I was, uh, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. And us kids, we went out into the woods, 
we stole, I stole a pack of my dad's red man. And uh, we went out in the woods and we picked a big old bowl of blackberries. Oh, yeah. And then we came back out of the woods and we put sugar on them and we poured milk in them. We squashed them up. Ever done that, brother? Yeah. Man, that's good. I mean, we had purple everywhere. <laughs> we all ate. We only had one spoon, you know. We had to kind of go around with it. <laughs> we ate that big bowl of blackberry and milk and sugar. And then we ripped out the red man. Oh, yeah. Tore a big old hunk off, put it hard in my Got up on the monkey bars and hung upside down. Jose swinging back and forth. What a big wad of it. Red man. Nobody ever told me to spit the juice out. It didn't take long. My whole world started spinning. More than the blackberries came up, I promise you. I have no idea how or why I got off on that. Anyway, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they, you know, they had it down. The Bible says they didn't only tithe. Man, they, they got that razor blade out. And they tied to the mint, just a little slither. And they look at it and go, no, 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 I think there's just a little more. And they cut one more molecule off. God forbid we want 11%. I'm just letting that sink in. They, they cut that thing and slide that in. He said, oh, they knew how to tithe. They knew how to dress the dress and walk the walk and talk the talk. They had it all down. Jesus was not condemning that. He said, these things ought ye to have done, but not left the other undone. What is he talking about? Knowing how to love people. Knowing how to walk in righteousness, but not let people think that you are self-righteous. You should walk in such a way in righteousness and holiness that the Bible says when men see your good works, they will glorify the Father that is in heaven. Now, if you are walking in self-righteousness, they will glorify you. But if you're walking in his righteousness, everybody you know, everybody you meet, everybody you talk to are going to know right away who it is that has made you everything that you are. Let's worship him just for a moment. We praise you. In the Old Testament... It was okay to carry the, the gospel this way. Get caught in adultery, we kill you. You get caught stealing, we kill you. You talk back to your parents, oh, we kill you. It's the word. 
That was their gospel, Sean. <laughs> you either lived or you died, man. I, I don't think there was anything in between. I mean, if I lived back there, I would be walking around with a lamb tied to a rope. Everywhere as I'd go, I'd have that lamb. And if I ever mess up, I'd pull my knife out, cut that throat, let that thing bleed, and say, Jesus. Well, back then, I'd have said Jehovah. I'd have had to carry a, I'd have had to carry a lamb around with me. I'd be like, man, I'm glad they can't read my mind. <laughs> I'm glad it ain't the heart. I'm glad it's just the actions. But Jesus said that's not going to work in the New Testament. The covenant's different here. Because I'm bringing to light every man's sins. The Bible said he came to rip off the cloak of sin. He has exposed humanity. Not one is righteous. Not one seeks after God. For all have fallen short of the glory of God. They caught a woman in adultery. I want to go over there and grab you so bad, but I'll leave you alone. Got a pretty little couple sitting over there. I won't do it. They grabbed her and pulled her out, threw at the feet of Jesus. Nothing they said were wrong. The law of Moses says, we have caught this woman in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses says, she is to be stoned. This was the, this was the response of Jesus Christ. If we go your way, everybody will die. Nobody will ever have a chance. So I tell you what, ye that is without sin, cast the first stone. This is how you carry the gospel today. This is how you bring the gospel to a world that is lost and dying. You remember that such were some of you. But we've been washed. We've been cleansed. The blood of Jesus. But I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget. But for Jesus, there goes I. I'm going to live right, I'm going to live holy, I'm going to do right, but I'm going to love humanity. I'm going to bring this gospel with love and grace and mercy. I can't help but forgive my brother. Because I need forgiveness. Some of y'all I don't want to forgive. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Sorry about that. I was thirsty. Some of y'all I'm so mad at. I'm going to get off of it. My God, I can feel it. Y'all think it's you I'm talking about. I ain't talking about none of y'all. 
Everybody in this building perfect. Why'd y'all get so quiet? I felt guilt. I mean, just guilt. He said, you want to carry this gospel? You have to love your enemies. Now watch what he's doing. He first quotes, you say, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That's the law of Moses. I say, love your neighbor, love your enemy more. He said, bless them that curse you. He's talking about how to be the salt of the earth, how to be the light of the world. He's saying, don't leave undone what the scribes and Pharisees have done. Everything they did is right. You must do it. You must tithe, give offering. You must pray. You must fast. You must live godly and holy and righteously. You must separate yourself from the world. You must do all of those things. But while doing those, if you're going to be the salt, if you're going to be the light, recognize you're carrying this gospel into a dark, dark, dark world. They don't need condemnation. They condemn themselves enough. They need to feel the love of God, the peace of God, the goodness of God. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Why is this so important? Because if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. In other words, you can't leave either part out. If you drop the Sadducees and Pharisees, and all you are is love, you're going to fall in the ditch. Because man has to come out of sin. You can't stay where you're at. How many of y'all thankful? The Lord didn't leave you where, you where he found you. Amen. He didn't leave you where he found you. He brought you out. He brought you out. So he's saying, you can't leave the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You have to do that part. But then he begins to go through the law of the Sadducees and Pharisees. And he said, but there's a right way to do this. Because this is a world that is hurting and dying. Listen, we stand on things and we will never yield. I will spend the rest of my days in prison before I ever preach to you that immorality of any form is okay in the eyes of God. Of any form. It's not. You have to repent. You have to be baptized, and you have to change your lifestyle. Whether you are sleeping with someone and you're not married to them, whether you're sleeping with another spouse's spouse that's not your spouse, whether it's man with man or woman with woman, we will never preach a gospel that allows that. We cannot compromise. 
However, they must feel your love before they ever hear your doctrine. We have to fix us. Are you with me? We have to fix us. Because if we're not careful, we'll be like the scribes and the Pharisees. And we will walk in self-righteousness. And we will look down on those who live in immorality when in your heart abides immorality. That you have to repent of every day. And so... Jesus is saying, yes, the scribes and the Pharisees, yes, these things are true. They are real. You must keep them. Don't lose them. Hold on to them. You've got to have them. It's who I am. Come out from among them. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. Let us cleanse ourselves, the Word of God says. We must keep the doctrine of the scribes and the Pharisees. But the Lord said, if you're going to be the salt of this sacrifice that I'm talking about, you're going to have to be able to walk in a world of darkness, and they're going to have to be able to feel your love. The Bible doesn't say because of the wrath of God. He gave a sacrifice. It says because God so. And that is what he is wanting us to express. What he is wanting us to show. To go into this world and carry this gospel with love. No matter who they are. No matter what their sin is. No matter the lifestyle they're living. No matter how they walk. No matter how they talk. No matter how they look. They must feel the love of Jesus Christ from me and from you. That's what he's saying. That's what he's teaching. I'm telling you, love your enemy. I'm telling you, love those that persecute you. I'm telling you, do good to those that do you wrong. Carry a mile and then go another mile. Because if the blind lead the blind, everybody dies. He said, all of my law is going to be fulfilled. It's 815. I'm sorry. I'm trying to come to a close. All of my law is going to be fulfilled. To misrepresent his word in order to please our flesh or to please men is not something that God looks on lightly. We live in a world today that that's exactly what religion is doing. And the blind is leading the blind. But at the same time, you and I have to be careful. Because we can't let them outlove us. I got nine people with love in their heart. We cannot let them outlove us. All right, I'm going to close. I'm bleeding too. Jesus said in verse number 16 of chapter 5 of Matthew, He said, Let your light 
so shine. What was he saying? So shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father that is in heaven. That word so, so shine. That word so means let your light shine like this. And that word refers to everything I have said and everything that I will say. And that's what we've been speaking about for the last few minutes. Let it so shine. So how do I let my light shine? Jesus said, I'm going to tell you. When men hate you, you love them. When men persecute you, you do good to them. You pray for them. When they steal your coat, you say, oh, excuse me, sir, 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 uh, you didn't know. I actually have two of those. He said, give them your cloak also. You left one. Maybe your wife needs one. Does your wife need one? I've even had people come up to me getting mad because somebody stole their Bible. Let's just hope they read it. <laughs> they obviously need it more than you. <laughs> and maybe not as mad as you are. I don't know. Maybe we ought to get it back. All right, let's stand. I've got so much. Daniel says in Daniel chapter 12, verse number 3, And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Who's going to do that? The wise. Now, isn't that what he said? He said, be as wise as serpents. Oh. But be as. See, here's our problem. We got the doctrine down. Huh? We're wise. As serpents. People come around us, though, Sister Carlene. We're not harmless as doves. Ah, oh, we bite them. <laughs> Repent. <laughs> Am I telling the truth, Sister Jones? We forgot that dove part. That when we wise. And then we actually come up to them. We're harmless. See, the last thing we want to do is hurt them more. See, it doesn't matter how much they smile or how happy they seem. No one's happy without him. There's a reason why the wealthy commit suicide just like the poor. Because you can be so poor, you're miserable, and you can be so rich, you're miserable. Because the money never brings, the money never brings sadness or gladness. That's you. And that's you without him. Amen. And so we have to be as harmless 
formless as dust. Let me see if I got anything else in here that's worth saving. Ah, I done I covered all of it. Ah. One more thing. I'm done. But the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to know how he wants us to carry this gospel. All you have to do is read Galatians 5.22 and 5.24. The fruit of the Spirit. What men should partake of you if they ever meet you. It should be love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Ah, here it is. Against such, there is no law. You want to know how to carry my Old Testament gospel? You want to know how to carry my New Testament gospel? You carry it through the fruit of the Spirit. Peter said, last verse, 2.11, 1 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Do what the scribes and Pharisees do. Verse 11, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Do what the scribes and Pharisees do, but do more. When you go out in the world, having your conversation honest amongst the Gentiles. Why? That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works. Which they shall behold. Glorify God in the day of visitation. It matters how you carry this gospel. You can have everything right. You can have everything in place. You can be the best scribe and Pharisee there is. And never reach a single soul. Because there's a way to carry this gospel. And that is what we need to do. Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. We tremble in your presence. Oh, oh God. Let us not be the blind leading the blind. 
we're blinded to your love and they're blinded to your goodness. Somehow, Lord, let us understand that being the salt and being the light. The only hope that this world has. That it matters how we present you to people. Help us not to condemn. Or look down on. Remind us of your mercy in our own lives so that we might show mercy to others. Oh, that our works would be in such a way, Father, that when men see them, they would glorify you. Let our works be love and compassion and gentleness and forgiveness and mercy toward the souls of men. But that we would live in such a way that men can see your righteousness and your goodness. I ask it in the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Touch us all, God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. God, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. We thank you, Father. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. When you get up in the morning, you make sure you talk to the Lord and you say, Lord, help me carry your gospel today the way you want me to carry your gospel. God bless you. I love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Be good to one another. Be kind to one another. Speak well of one another. Pray for one another. Uplift one another. Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. God bless you.